Welcome to the first podcast in our series of interviews with those selected to Turf and Rec's Top 10 Under 40 Honor Roll for 2019. My name is Mike Jiggins, editor of Turf and Rec, and this is the second year we have recognized the top 10 industry professionals under the age of 40 who have and continue to make a name for themselves in the turf grass profession, whether it's in the golf, landscaping, sports turf, or other sector of the industry. We are pleased to have the Toro Company on board as sponsor of our Top 10 Under 40 program. On this podcast, we will hear from three individuals from the golf side of the industry. The first is Trevor Anderson, superintendent at the private Mount Bruno Country Club in Bruno de Monterville, Quebec. Next, we'll hear from Miranda Robinson, better known to her friends as Mo, who is assistant superintendent at Victoria, B.C.'s Cordova Bay Golf Course. And finally, we'll hear from Kevin Moores, superintendent at Oakfield Golf and Country Club in Halifax, Nova Scotia. 33-year-old Trevor Anderson's interest in turfgrass management flourished during his early teenage years while working for Doug Meyer at Beaconsfield Golf Club outside of Montreal. He began as a laborer, progressed to student intern, and then ascended to second assistant superintendent following his graduation from the University of Guelph. The year 2005 was a significant year for Anderson, who aside from his graduation received scholarships from the Canadian Golf Superintendents Association and the Quebec Golf Superintendents Association, and was a finalist for Toro's Future Superintendent of the Year honor. From Montreal, Anderson joined Clublink and took a position at the Canada Golf and Country Club near Ottawa. After five years there, he moved back to Quebec to become superintendent at the Club de Golf Le Fontainebleau, where Champions Tour events were held in 2010 and 2011. His career has progressed rapidly and has led to his current and challenging post at the exclusive Mount Bruno Country Club. The club insists on holistic approaches towards turfgrass management and course conditioning, and Anderson and his team have met the challenge by reducing pesticide use and integrating alternative management protocols. He also contributes as a member of the Quebec Superintendent's Board of Directors and is pursuing a degree in environmental management at Columbia Southern University. Doug Meyer is a highly respected professional in his field. What was it like learning from him? Well, yeah, I was, as a young, as a young sort of uh, up-and-comer in the business, uh, obviously, you know, having someone like Doug pushing you and, and guiding you in the right direction is certainly a positive. I, I guess when I when Doug started working at Beaconsfield, I'd only been there for one year, and um, I, I didn't really know. You know, I wasn't I wasn't in going into the field at the time. And it was really Doug that, I guess, you know, saw something, uh, um, you know, in me and kind of guided me along and gave me lots of responsibility and sort of steered me uh, steered me down that path. And uh, certainly he's been, uh, been a great mentor. Um, he remains a, a, a good friend, uh, someone I, I talk to on a regular basis. We play hockey once, a, you know, once a week together in, in the winter, in the off season. Um, so it was, you know, it was, it was fun being able to work you know, for someone that's that engaged in, in the business and um, was able to give you, you know, good advice um, you know, and sort of help set me on a, uh, on a, uh, on a you know, pretty positive career path. Certainly been other people along the way as well that have, that have helped out. Uh, when I got my first assistant's job uh, uh, working for Colin Hindles and Emerald Hills, he was the one that kind of, you know, unleashed me and let me do my thing and spread my wings. And then uh, eventually when I ended up at Fontainebleau, I felt uh, that I had had, uh, uh, you know, a pretty good, pretty good, you know, uh, experience uh, as both
both assistant and superintendent in Canada, and uh, so you know there's been a lot of you know a lot of people, but those are probably the two two Doug and Colin are probably the two people that have really uh, sort of been most influential uh, in my career and helping me sort of become the uh, the superintendent that I am today. You've taken a holistic approach toward uh, course conditioning. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. I guess holistic, uh, maybe, you know, it's funny, uh, holistic, uh, I think we're all trying to, uh, you know, be as, as creative as possible in our in our management. Some of it's driven out of necessity, and perhaps in the past it, it has been driven out of necessity, trying to find, uh, you know, what they will call them less expensive or creative ways to, to manage, you know, challenges, uh, whether it be, you know, uh, you know pest-related or, or other. Um, but I think, you know, I've... I've, I've the one thing I really like about this business is there, there's no really there's not really one approach to producing uh, a quality golf course. Uh, many many different individuals do it in many different ways, and 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 I really you know embrace that. So I'm I'm certainly not stuck in any sort of way. So I'm more than, more than open to trying uh, many different things, and, and that's what we do. We try trial and error, and uh, and it's a big part of what we're doing here. Obviously. You know, we have uh, here in Mount Bruno, we have a, a need to maintain a certain uh, golf course standard, so we can't uh, we can't sort of bypass that. But I think, you know, as far as the holistic approach goes, we're we're looking to try and use alternative, uh, you know, alternative options as much as possible. We're also looking, uh, you know, deeply at, at at you know encouraging you know the proper species that fit our environment and looking at our infrastructure and. And I think that kind of encompasses the whole thing. Is really trying to, uh, to it's not a you know a one size fits all approach. Really trying to look at it globally and uh, find things that work for your property. And and I certainly am, am um, more on the side of wanting to you know use as little as possible, whether it be water, whether it be chemical, whether it be uh, fertilizer, um, manpower is another one as well as it gets more and more difficult. So. Uh, a little bit of a minimalistic approach in there as well, trying to do things uh, um, in a in a way that allow us to get the most uh, to get the most out of uh, every resource that we, we put in. You are uh, currently pursuing a, an environmental management degree from uh, Columbia Southern University. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what that involves and um, how you're able to manage uh, your your actual profession as well as uh, studying on the side. So that's uh, you know an interesting one. I so after I left Guelph, I you know I went a couple of years and I kind of felt a little bit uh, you know I'm extremely proud to be a Guelph graduate. Uh, Guelph is doing great things, top ten finish in the Turf Bowl this past year at the the, uh, the golf industry show. Uh, I'm super proud of that program and I'm proud to to be a graduate of that program. Um, and but you know part of me always wanted to go a little bit further and i was hoping that there would be a bachelor's in turf grass uh, management that would one day come it may one day come to that program uh, hopefully uh but at that point in time to go back to school was was going to be a difficult option for me um so i decided to start a a degree online um i chose a field that i thought was a little bit more broad would give me a little bit more options so i went into environmental management um, and since that day, I've you know it's been a, it's been a while, and I'm about halfway through it, and uh, it is a challenge. So for the last few years, it's been much much slower than I, I would have would have liked. Um, you know, I have three kids under the age of ten uh, that are all busy in sports. I've got my my job. Uh, there's a lot going on, so at times it is very 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 challenging. 
uh, I do maintain active status. I am trying to 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 do courses whenever whenever I can, mostly during the winter season. Um, and it's certainly something that I will not give up on, and I will finish. So I'm about halfway there. Uh, we have about 40 credits left to go, um, and I certainly will continue to to pursue that and uh, hopefully finish it in not too distant future. What do you find there are some of the uh, challenges uh, in managing turf in uh, your region of Quebec? Um, and eastern Ontario would be similar to that as well, but uh, in that part of the country, what do you uh, find are your more pressing challenges? Obviously, you know, as it relates to the turf, we're starting to see some pretty extreme weather patterns, um, you know, in, in our area, uh, particularly in the greater Montreal area. Um, you know, winter has become a much greater challenge. We're coming out of a winter um, where, you know, you know, the golf courses, you know, probably got damaged more than the they would like and more than what we're used to and and the ever changing you know climate uh, is you know resulting in more more rainfall events in the winter more freezing times so i think that, you know right now that's certainly i mean we have lots of challenges whether it's uh, you know pressure on on, on you know reducing usage uh, uh, of everything uh, whether it's pressure on labor but as far as the turfs you know specific, you know specifically considered um, you know trying to you know get your turf healthy coming out of the winter has become a real big challenge for us and then trying to keep it healthy during extremely hot summers that we've been having is also a challenge. Our profession, you know, obviously the people in this profession are fantastic and we've become so good at what we're doing. Uh, the expectation is that we're going to have uh, perfect conditions, you know, right out of the gate. And we've done that right in this area, particularly the last four or five years have been almost, you know, perfect for everybody uh, right out of the gate because of the, you know, the individuals running these courses are, are just so fantastic at what they do, that when we get a year like this, um, it's a little bit shocking. Um, so, I mean, that really is a challenge. We, 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 we've become extremely, extremely good at this, and uh, sometimes uh, you almost wonder if it works as a negative for us because the expect we've set the expectation level very, very high. So I think, uh, you know, maintaining that bar is going gonna, is gonna to be a challenge as well, but... Uh, Certainly with the, with the quality people in this profession, uh, we're going to continue to do that. 34-year-old Mo Robinson is an advocate for mental health, anxiety, and women in turf, and recently accepted a new position as su- assistant superintendent at Cordova Bay Golf Course in Victoria. She has been featured on numerous podcasts, is the author of several articles in Golfdom and Golf Course Industry magazines, and is highly engaged on social media namely Twitter, where she has been named among the leading influential turf personalities. Robinson bucks the trend of the superintendent known to dress in khaki pants, a collared shirt, and blazer, and instead is more comfortable wearing an Iron Maiden t-shirt, jeans, and running shoes. Prior to joining the team at Cordova Bay, she was superintendent at Summer League Golf Club in Port Perry, Ontario, where she was a jack-of-all-trades, turning wrenches, grinding reels, applying fertilizer and pesticides, and looking after irrigation. At Summerlee, she worked with little budget and a small crew. All the while, she simultaneously served as consulting superintendent for the nearby nine-hole Western Trent golf course. Robinson is known for having employed a minimalistic management style and was often forced to be resourceful on a shoestring budget. What kind of an adjustment have you made uh, going from a fairly small golf course to one that's much larger and open virtually the entire year round? Um, I would say it's not too big of an adjustment at the moment. Uh, the first 
eight years of my career I spent at 18 whole championship bank grass facilities. So going into the small courses was a little bit more of an adjustment than this one is because I really had to learn how to how to use a small crew and how to use a minimal amount of of maintenance to be able to to work on a golf course like that. So that was a a big adjustment for me. Um, Coming here is fantastic, first of all. It's it's an amazing property. And I really do love that it also, aside from the championship facility, it has uh, an executive facility, which kind of makes me feel a little at home. The year-round portion of it, I'll have to get back to you on because at the moment, it, uh, you know, I started kind of at a normal time that I would have started in Ontario. So I'm pretty sure by October when things are normally winding down and, and things here are still just kind of going steady is when it will really come into play and I'll, I'll recognize what it's like to work at a facility that's open year-round. When you were here in Ontario, uh, you had to... Uh basically work with uh do a lot more with less i know that it was a smaller facility and what were some of the adjustments you had to make in order to do that i had to adjust my end line goals um i had to go from the expectations of a you know championship facility to to a, a lower end public course facility where i had to adjust where where my priorities lied you really had to put all of your effort into the main playing portions of the golf course and and recognizing the importance of when you apply fertilizer as opposed to what you're applying the the when came into effect a lot more when you're really trying to balance spending the least amount of money possible on fungicide apps where in Ontario you really battle dollar spot whereas out here microdopium seems to be more of a, a main battle again you're you're concentrated on your your end inputs for the both of those. So, I mean, you want to bump your end in Ontario when you're running into dollar spot season and trying to elongate some of your fungicide applications, whereas out here you kind of want to potentially dial back some of your, your end applications in those um, opportune times for mycodocium to come in. So I found it, it was just a, it was a very big change in in what I accepted as as good enough for for the facility, I I really have high expectations for myself and for where I'm working in general. So uh, it was really hard for me at first to to comprehend not accepting that level of excellence that I was used to with having a larger staff because there's just an impossible uh, amount of maintenance to be done for the you know three people that I had most of the time at Summerlee I had two staff and it was just me and one other person trying to get everything done and it was it, it was grueling at first and I was doing really long hours that definitely took a toll on my body and then I started to recognize what really mattered to the golfers and to the owner like her and I were on a very common page and and she kind of was the one that was pulling back the reins on me to to make me recognize that I didn't need to quite excel to the the areas that I was going and to really accept what was and everybody on the property seemed to love everything that was going on so I I should have also been able to accept that which I did in the end and it was it was really great. How difficult was it for you to not only tend to your own responsibilities at Summerlee but to consult at Western Trent as well? (laughs) That was a little more overwhelming than I expected. It it was super interesting. I kind of I was more of a, a 
challenge for myself to see if I could do it. A job had come up previously that um, I was looking at where you had to manage two different facilities on different properties. And, and I, I really was unsure if I'd be able to handle that. And going into working at Western Trent, I, I knew a girl that worked on the staff there and she had kind of told the, the owners about me and the way that I operate. And they were looking for somebody that was trying to be able to to maintain a golf course with as little as possible. And, and you know, it's not not a great hat to wear at the same time it's a fantastic place to to hang my hat so I don't really know how how I expected it to be but it was definitely difficult because the the staff at both golf courses besides me were were um, very green and didn't really have any of the agronomic backgrounds or mechanical backgrounds or anything like that so kind of jumping back and forth trying to do the general maintenance on the equipment as well as you know setting the agronomic goals and and trying to get everything going while being an hour apart. Both golf courses were about an hour apart. So, I mean, some days I'd have to drive an hour after work from Summerlee up, up to the other place because they had an irrigation issue or they had a, you know, some kind of a an issue with disease or something like that where I had to go and, and make sure that everything was okay or just to talk with the management and stuff. So it, it was very taxing on my time, but it was super rewarding because it, the golf course itself went from, you know, a horrible spring into a beautiful summer and, and everybody was happy with the way everything worked out. So it it was definitely difficult and it was uh, not something I'm going to say I miss. <laughs> but at the same time, I uh, I wouldn't give that up for anything. It was a really cool experience working with two uh, women owned and operated golf courses at the same time, which I'd have to say is probably a once in a lifetime opportunity. Where do you get the inspiration to do uh, all of the tweeting that you do? I don't know. I think just from having such an inspiring job, working in a place where everyone looks to me is inspiring when I'm working at a golf course. This morning I was coming up to mow the collars and approaches at the, the ninth green and a, a mother walked by with her two very young uh, fawns and I could just sit there staring at them all day, which I'm not allowed to do because let's face it, we have to get some work done. But uh, I'll just, you know, working on a place where everything, you know, it doesn't matter what golf course I'm at, I, I, I find the inspiration where I'm looking and, you know, I try to be a very positive person and I try to make my tweets about positive things. There's a lot of, you know, controversial stuff that gets brought up, which is awesome, but it's not kind of my forte. I don't really like being stuck in a situation where I spoke my mind about a political topic and then I'm left out, you know, with my pants down listening to everybody have the negative things to say back because, you know, everybody has a different opinion. So I find that I keep my tweets positive and try and just spread like a good vibe around because it's just who I am and, and what I like to do. So I just, you know, some days I'm just sitting there and, and the sunrise is just catching my eye in such a way that I stop and take a picture and, and share it because I think that, you know, if it's affecting me like this, then maybe somebody else could find value in, in what I'm looking at or what I'm up to. Born in Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia, 33-year-old Kevin Moore's love of turf began at the age of 16. His ascent to becoming a golf superintendent was rapid and is a testament to his skill and thoughtful approach. He graduated from the University of Guelph's Turfgrass Management Program in 2012. As part of his studies, he completed an internship at Quail Hollow Golf Club in Charlotte, North Carolina, site of the PGA Tour's Wells Fargo Championship. 
Upon graduation, he was hired by the Weston Golf and Country Club in Toronto, and shortly afterward took a position as assistant superintendent at the Ashburn Golf Club in Halifax. In 2015, he was offered the assistant superintendent's position at the Oakfield Golf and Country Club to begin a new challenge. Moores moved up the ladder the following season, becoming superintendent at the club. He recently joined the Atlantic Golf Superintendents Association's board of directors and is excited about being host superintendent this summer for a PGA McKenzie Tour event. When he's not busy at Oakfield, he spends his time with his fiancée Jessica and stepdaughter Claire and enjoys playing golf and softball as well as weightlifting. Describe your experience uh, at Quail Hollow when you were there. Um, so uh, Quail Hollow was definitely a, uh, a different experience for me. Um, I had only worked at one golf course in my life back in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And uh, when I was going to university as part of the uh, the program was uh, to have an internship and I was implored to uh, take advantage of the opportunity. And um, through speaking with a couple of different people who had uh, worked Quail Hollow, um, I decided to, uh, to take on that challenge. Um, so I worked that summer in North Carolina. Um, it was a great experience, um, a fully integrated uh, internship program. I was alongside uh, 11 other uh, like-minded individuals who were pursuing a career in, uh, in turf management. Um, when I got there, we were about three weeks out from uh, the Wells Fargo Championship. This is back in 2011. And so I was kind of thrown in um, headfirst, so to speak, um, into, uh, into a championship golf course that was getting ready for the world's best um, so that was uh, that was obviously a fantastic experience, and uh, and following that, um, it was just a long summer in the uh, in the transition zone in North Carolina, trying to manage uh, trying to manage turf, and so it was a lot of long days, uh, short nights. Uh, but it was kind of uh, again being alongside uh, the interns there, and and the management team at Quail Hall at that time was uh, was second to none, um, some of the best in the industry, um, and uh, just being able to learn under the best, and then being alongside. Uh, some of the other uh, greatest individuals uh, for kind of the future in this uh, in this business. Um, it was really motivating and uh, really helped get you through the uh, the long days of hand watering uh, and, and all the other uh, difficult tasks that went into uh, went into that. And so, um, what uh, was something I was I was kind of hesitant to do uh, when I first uh, thought of going to uh, to do an internship and going to a new place, a new country. I never. Uh, been that far south uh, in my life turned out to be a life-changing experience that I wouldn't uh, that I wouldn't change uh, or trade for anything else. What are uh, some of the challenges you face as a superintendent? Well, I think anybody that uh, is in this industry um, uh, knows that uh, a lot of the challenges uh, that we face um, it, it's a lot of uh, what uh, what's uh, I don't want to say is a tired saying, but it's just kind of being able to manage uh, golf courses uh, at the same level that uh, that people are used to, with uh, restrictions in uh, in budgets, um, more stringent environmental standards, um, and I, I look at all those challenges in a, in a positive way. Um, it, the best way to overcome uh, any kind of challenge, be it whether it's uh, with work or, or uh, at home or otherwise is, is to have a positive attitude about those kind of things. But it, it definitely is a challenge. And um, the key uh, that I've always uh, found is, uh, is through communication, uh, able to, uh, to overcome uh, anything uh, that we may be facing. Uh, but it's, it, it's similar in that uh, you've got, and I'm at a, a semi-private golf course, so we've had members that uh, 
have been at Oakfield for uh, for 30 years or, or more and are, are used to a certain uh, a certain expectation and uh, the challenges to uh, to deliver that uh, day in and day out despite um, all the external forces like the uh, uh, like the restrictions uh, that I mentioned as well as the unplanned things uh, uh, weather and nature related um, and I would I would say beyond that kind of uh, those kind of things. Um, the biggest challenge for me when I became a superintendent uh, was uh, beyond a lot of the stuff we learned kind of from a scientific standpoint, technical standpoint, is being able to uh, to deal with so many different personalities um, going from uh, managing the staff that I have, managing the personalities within that staff so that we're a cohesive unit, um, being able to properly communicate and uh, be a team with the, uh, the rest of the management team um, so that uh, that uh, that we're all working together uh, in unison and all striving towards the same goal, and then uh, and then it, being able to uh, communicate with the membership, uh, being on the uh, on like a greens committee or uh, or any time speaking with, uh, with with the board of directors, um, being able to properly communicate what uh, what is happening, what you think is going to happen, what you're recommending, um, those are the biggest challenges I, I would uh, I would say that I face. What advice would you give to someone who's considering entering the, the turf management profession? Uh, well, I think it goes beyond uh, this kind of advice would go beyond just turf grass management is that um, you've got to love and have a passion for what, uh, what you're doing, whatever it is. Um, I mean, specifically in this industry, um, summers are, are, are long and tough and busy and uh, you got to be able to love it if you're going to be getting up at 4 a.m. Uh, 28 days a month or or, or more, um, and, and one just for your your own kind of mental uh, your mental health. If it's something that I didn't love doing, I couldn't imagine uh, putting in the hours and uh, the time away uh, from home that uh, that this job requires. And it's that's not dissimilar from from any other kind of profession. But you just got to love it because uh, when it's all said and done, when you're uh, when you're coming home after a long day, you got to be able to. Uh, to be there for for your family or your significant other or if you have kids and if you don't love your job I just can't imagine being able to have the energy um, to be able to be a success uh, away from work uh, which uh, which they all go hand in hand if you're not going to be uh, be successful or enjoy uh, work life home life is going to be stressful too so um, being able to find a balance and, and just being able to uh, to have a passion uh, in this industry because uh, it really it really requires a lot from you um, from a mental uh, standpoint and physical obviously um, so I love my job and uh, I don't mind the uh, the early mornings I don't mind uh, the the struggles and the difficulties that come with this business I don't mind dealing with the uh, the, the personalities and uh, and, and uh, challenges from that from that standpoint so um, yeah I would say that it's uh, it's it goes beyond just specific to to this industry is that uh, you just got to love what you're going to do, and uh, and it'll work out from there. What do you feel you bring to the table as a board member of the Atlantic uh, Golf Superintendents Association? Um, well, it, it's it was an honor to uh, to have been uh, for to have been chosen or for uh, to be reached out uh, upon to uh, to take on this challenge. Um, still being new on the board, I'm still kind of trying to find uh, find my footing and find uh, where I can kind of fit in. Which I think is probably pretty natural for anybody that's that's entering this kind of uh, uh, position for the first time. Um, never really been on a board uh, a board of directors of, of anything, and um, still uh, still quite young uh, for 
my position, um, but I think that youth is what I bring to the table. Is that uh, being a superintendent and being uh, being in his early 30s or being in my early 30s is that uh, is that I'm going to bring that perspective uh, to the table. Um, there was a bit of turnover uh, in the board. A couple members uh, left, so there's some new uh, some new blood uh, into the board. So I think um, I think that's always a positive thing to. Uh, to kind of bring some fresh ideas and um and that and and right now i i, I just enjoy uh listening to uh to what's been going on and uh looking to pick my spots is where i i can uh i can i can kind of uh make my mark so to speak not that i want to change uh change the world the board has been has been doing a great job i think it's just going to be a matter of uh being able to continue on with what uh with what my predecessors have uh have laid the groundwork for so I, i'm very excited to uh to be a part of the board and uh, and something that uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to uh, taking on for years to come. We'd like to thank Trevor, Mo, and Kevin for taking time out of their busy schedules to take part in this podcast. Please join us again soon for our second podcast in which we'll hear from more of our top 10 under 40 honorees.